to be or not to be? That is the question. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Don't be so dramatic. Hello and welcome to Don't Be So Dramatic. I'm Steve Bradley. Now, last week, I left you halfway through an interview with Charles Brunton, who was playing Miss Trunchbull in Matilda on Broadway. And we got to the point where we found out where he went for his training. So that's where I cut off last week. So we'll carry on from where we left off. And here's the second part of the interview. Guildford was musical theatre and Arts Ed was the musical theatre as well. And which one out of those did you feel you wanted to get in? Art said, it's okay. the, I love them all, but uh, Art said was the, definitely, I thought, the one for me. And which one um, did you go to? Art said. Oh! <laughs> I got a scholarship and everything, it was great. So wow. We're, we're a bit of Art said fans here. Oh, uh, yeah. I, um, yeah, I got the confetti cannon out with that one, it was brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant. I, I did the audition on the Wednesday of that week or something, I got a call the following, like, Thursday, just so I was about to... Go to uh, to go to college to do an English literature class, <laughs> and uh, we'll say, "Oh yeah, we'd we'd like to offer you a place." So that was obviously fantastic. And then uh, they said, oh, "Also, uh, we'd like to offer you a scholarship." I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that so is I amazing. Claps on the floor, and then I turned up late, half an hour late for my class at college, and I got in trouble. <laughs> I mean, it's great. So it's great to get scholarship because that's you know we all we all want to be this. We love it. We want to do it. And we yeah. get into a drama school, and then we think, oh, my God, can we afford it? Can we, afford it? Can we had, go? I had no choice but to get that. So it was That's such a brilliant. Yeah. relief when they said that straight away. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, uh, but then even then I had to, I spent hours um, writing letters to different people mm. and different companies and asking for funding to help me get through it. Um, and luckily, they all, some of them did, which is great. Like the the Mayflower Theatre, Southampton, because I uh, oh, performed wow. there, etc. As a kid, they um, they gave me it's like a thousand pounds each term fantastic. for four, three years, something wow, like that. Wow, that's fantastic! So you didn't have to go and do a horrible job. No, well, no, I did. I did loads um, because it was just so expensive. Because you, mm. also, you don't live in halls of residence; you live in um, rented accommodation in the most, one of the most expensive parts of London. Yes. <laughs> so um, yes. I had to do. I worked. I worked. I think I worked at Notch Down to Paris, uh, front oh. of house there. Oh, not so bad then. No, oh, no. I, as long as I couldn't watch it, it was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else was there? Um, <laughs> um, oh, I loved, loved, loved. I worked at Starlight Express yeah. at the theatre there, and I absolutely loved it. That was one of the best summers I've ever had in my life working there. That was fantastic. And I still bump into people that I worked from um, in that theatre every day now. Even the other day in over here in New York, I saw someone. Um, oh, my it's God. Ridi- it's ridiculous. Uh, so I love that time at Starlight Express. Um yeah, quite a few other things like that. Because um, obviously Front House, it fits around Arts Ed times. Yeah. Um, and it's convenient you just get straight on the Piccadilly line and you're there. No, District line even, and you're there. But yeah, I had to do all of that as well. So what was your... So you so you got into Arts Ed, you started that. What was, what was your Arts Ed experience like? Oh, it was great. I loved it there. Um, it's... You finally go, oh, finally, I'm surrounded by people that, that want to do this not these weirdos that because yeah. <laughs> it was a bit weird at school like going from Oliver going back to normal school life uh, you've missed out on so many different academic classes so they're they're mentally advanced in that kind of way mm. but life experience wise because you're treated like an adult yes you then go back to being treated and you're like well, who are these kids who are these 
juveniles around me. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and it's like the swing on swings and things. And I'm like, what, what are they doing? Um, it's, it's, you, you don't kind of fit, it, fit back in. Yeah. So it's finally nice to eventually, about the age of 18, you suddenly go meet up with a group of people who are just like you. And you're like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it is a full, for me, it was an absolute kind of, it was a relief in a way. It was great. Um, I love the class there. Jackie Bristow, oh, brilliant <laughs> fan. Uh, I love her. Um, I got a message from her the other day. Which is so no. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, all the way from Wales. It was great. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, her, her friend David, who works at the school over there, there's like a school that she teaches at as well or something. Or well, in friend. New York? In, no, in, in, uh, in, uh, in Wales. In Wales, yes. She, she has a school there, yeah. yeah. That's it. It was, from, it was from Wales. Like a little message that got sent to me on, uh, on Facebook or Twitter, which is, I can't remember. It's really nice. That's good. Um, so, what happened after Art said then? What, where? So, you trained for three years doing that. Yeah, and then I went to. Oh no! And then um, we do loads of shows in the third year, where all the agents and casting directors come to see you, which is great. And um, I signed with Principal Artists, she's based in Paddington somewhere, um, as an agent, and she was fantastic for me. I really like her. Um, she's hilarious as a person in general, and I just really click with her. So I signed up with her straight away as soon as I could. And we got to it with all the auditions, which was just insane. Literally, I think the, the day I graduated from Art said, I, I got a letter in the post from Barclays Bank saying that I've gone over my overdraft, which is already at minus £3,000, by another £750, and it was all due by within three weeks' time. And then uh, the following day, I got a phone call saying I've been offered my first job. So thank goodness that happened. <laughs> oh, blimey. What was that job? What was it? Uh, it was Scrooge with Tommy Steele. It was uh, the very first one um, in 2003, I believe. Wow. Uh, ten years ago. Literally exactly ten years ago. So we started that in August uh, 2003. And that ran till um, March the following year on tour. Uh, but we rehearsed for a month because it was a uh, we devised it was the first time it was done with Tommy Steele, and a slightly new version of scripts and songs and things like that were going into the show. Um, well, I worked with a fabulous Dame Susan Humphreys as well. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what happened after that? Oh yes, yeah, so we did the tour, and it was all great fun. And then that finished in March, I think. Yeah, March. And then nothing happened. <laughs> I sat. And nothing, literally, the dishes are coming in. I wasn't getting any of them because I was all sort of not the right type for them. Um, uh, and then I got offered, this is like three months later, uh, they offered me if I wanted to do Scrooge again. I went, oh, absolutely, <laughs> bring me back, please. So I did Scrooge again for the second contract for the second year. Uh, and that was mainly based in Manchester, at the Palace Theatre of Manchester, and that was great fun. So um, just, just, just sorry to disturb you, uh, just obviously yeah. you, you've left Art said you've got a job quite soon after. Then you've sort of stopped, and nothing's. You just, as you just said, you're auditioning a lot, but nothing was happening. What? How does that feel? Does it, especially of having a, your younger career? Do you? Did you start to doubt? Uh, is this the right thing, right profession, or? Well, you, you do because if because uh, all the, the auditions when I was getting the calls through, I just knew that I wasn't right for them to start with. So mm. you do get you get downhearted with. Or the, you the wonder, wonder where do, what direction you're going to go in? Because yeah, none there was literally anything that was coming up wasn't anything that I was right for. So I was mm. just thinking, oh my god, is there anything going to pop up that I'm right for again? Mm. So because the way that I look, my weird awkward nose, <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit the generic Starlight Express things. Do you know what I mean? That mm. that were all casting at the time of the Saturday Night 
fevers, things like that. I don't fit them at all. But uh, uh, but you that? you offered Scrooge again, as so, you said. So what? Yeah, what? I got offered Scrooge again, and then because it all happened all in the same week. Well, I got offered Scrooge, and then that week I was auditioning for Beauty and the Beast, and I got offered Beauty and the Beast, which is fantastic. So I did, I did Scrooge again, knowing that I had another whole year and a half's worth of work ahead of me. Oh, fair uh, oh, so wow. It's within the space of a week. It, your life changes. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so um, you do. What were you playing in Scrooge? Were you, were you a part? What was? I played Mr. Pringle, the the toy shop owner, and right. I made sure he had a part. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I um, uh, and I covered um, Tom Jenkins, which is a great part. Um, and you also covered Bob Cratchit the second time I did, but I never went on for Bob Cratchit. I went on for Tom Jenkins, so that was good. And yeah, then Beauty and the and Beast after, after that. So you, she went straight into Beauty and Beast after doing yes, Scrooge. Covering Lumiere. And uh, literally, little did I know, I thought it'd be like a year's worth of work. It wasn't. It was three years because I stayed with it for three years. Wow. Was that touring or in town? Where was that? Tour- everywhere. Touring everywhere. Um, where did it go as well? Uh, international as well. It did, we went to Athens. Wow. Which was great. So that was my first sort of foreign uh, experience. My foreign experience? Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the stage, anyway. I've had other foreign experiences well, We don't need to talk about those on this podcast. Um, so, Beauty <laughs> oh, yeah. and the Beast, that's fabulous. What happens What happens then? Do you... Do you are you s- stardom immediately? Or what... what um... What with Beauty and the Beast? No, after Beauty and the Beast, you suddenly become uh, a star, well, or what the contract kept stopping over Christmas. So I kept doing uh, Panto for UK, which I absolutely loved. Um, I did Malvern. I was Dandini in Malvern, and then I was uh, Dandini in somewhere else, Blackpool. That was that was hilarious, Blackpool. And then uh, so yeah, I kept doing Panto for them, which was great fun. So then I finished Beauty and the Beast, and in like February. And then what happened after that? I can't remember. Sorry, I can't remember. Uh... But so during this time, uh, because of, you know, at, any actor that's listening and thinking, okay, I'm doing this work, I'm doing these tours, I'm touring for three years, I'm going to Athens. Yeah. What happens with normal life, like living? Do you, do you, oh, did you have a base to live? Up. Did you, all that sort of stuff? No, oh, I see you mean. Um, your whole life gets put on hold, really. Um, yeah particularly for that length of time, because you're constantly living out of a suitcase and you're, mm. you're travelling around. With that show, luckily, we, it wasn't a week and then move, a week in the movie. It was either minimum of two weeks, sometimes three, sometimes four or, long, or longer with that show, which is great. So you had time to settle in the town that you were in, uh, which is great if it's Manchester, but not so great if it's Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the tour was insane as well, because one minute we were in the Grimsby Auditorium and then the following week we were in Athens, in the, the biggest theatre you've ever seen in your life. Mm. And then we would come back and we would be in the Leicester um, de Montford Hall, which was tiny again. It was, it was insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you get used to adapt, adapting to different stage sizes and things like that, which is quite a good experience as well. Mm. Um, um, what else can I say about Peter the Beast? Yeah, you, your whole life gets put on hold. You, you just you just commute with this family of people yeah. that become your family. So the first years was great because it's exactly the same people. We had a lovely time. And did and you did you left, enjoy touring? Um, I did because I it was seeing parts of the the even like around England, like Newcastle. I remember being so excited that I was going to Newcastle because I know 
never been there before because obviously that to see the bridge and stuff like that yeah. it was just so exciting just to, tra- to travel and see different parts of the country um yeah um so it, i loved it I, I literally i would just set my alarm to some stupid time in the morning like i've been doing over here and so, making the most of being uh, like, acting like a tourist yeah tra- well talking about tourists and traveling you um you've had an experience of a wider traveling working haven't you Yes. And which one? Which, uh, what, Broadway? Or... No, no, not yet. Let's not get to Broadway I know, I yet. thought that was a bit too soon I'm talking about water. Water. Being on water. Oh, yes, I did a cruise ship. Yes. <laughs> How was that? Uh, sorry, I blocked it from my mind. No, oh, no, was that good? <laughs> no, it was, uh, I loved it because it was, again, travelling around, seeing different countries that I would never would have gone to ever before. And uh, it was fantastic uh, just to see different cultures. Um, also, on the ship, because also the food and drink <laughs> stuff on the ship is such good quality. Yeah. So you, you really, you really learn, it's like a life lesson learning. I think, mm. I think everyone should do it, because as in to experience it, because it's such a life uh, uh, lessons in life type thing. It's it's fantastic yeah. what you experience. Now you have a you have a, um, a uh, like you know, food standards and things like that. You really have a really appreciates different things after coming away from that. And do you think because uh, uh, doing cruise ships because it's a it's a lot. It is people put their noses up to it, but it is quite a lot of work, isn't it? Do you think? Did, yeah, but and I know you worked extremely hard. Do you, did you learn anything by having to learn a lot of material in yeah, a short space of time? Stamina, stamina of it is, is phenomenal. Uh, you have to be quite physically fit to get through them because the shows are massively energetic and vocally really demanding. Mm. And you have to do about three of them exactly, uh, three of them. And then sometimes you rehearse really early in the morning the next day. So it's it, you really it's like it's like retraining your body like mm. an athlete. But I, I don't know why people just put their doses up. I do. I mean. Uh, like you know, obviously David Greenwald, fantastic, massive casting director. I mm. chat to him and Stephen um, uh, Crockett yeah. here during the closing party of Love Never Dies. We were having a chat. We were talking about the cruise ship thing. And, on the, he, and they always say that the, the performers are so well prepared when they come to auditions. Yeah. You can see from the you know how to hold the stage, etc. It's it's it, it's, a, it's a fantastic experience with those. That comes from them. Well, that's brilliant. That's brilliant because. They think there is this thing where, I don't know, well, there used to be this thing where, oh, I'm not worth much if I'm on a cruise ship. Some people have that. But yeah. it, as you just said, it's a, it's a great a sort of extra training in a way. It is. It's a confidence. And if, it, if that comes from David Grinnell and Stephen Crockett, yeah, I mean, it, that, it, they can't be wrong, can they? Because they're no. <laughs> big guys in the business. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a stupid attitude that people have when they stick their noses up at it mm. when when it is such, I think, an essential part of training or even forgetting the whole performing thing, life experience, it's mm. phenomenal. The things you, you witness, it's brilliant. And food, as you've just said. And the food. Oh, the food's fantastic. The Indian night on the ship was phenomenal. <laughs> when, you, when you get off the ship, you obviously experience the different cultures and different areas and things like that, mm. so that's good. So what? So you mentioned Love Never Dies just a second ago. You went into Love Never Dies. Was that sort of after the ship? After no, the ship? Oh, I did... I did um, I did. Oh, before the ship, I did SpongeBob the Musical. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my God, what was that like? That was hilarious. Also, oh, I just got to open my drinks cabinet. <laughs> oh, I see. We're in our swanky New York hotel. Uh, <laughs> no, I I saw you in SpongeBob because I saw the opening night, and you were very yes, you were very was... good. You were very good in it. I have to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love that show. It's so much fun, um, particularly the the rehearsing process. I literally bought um, 
the DVD box sets of about of about 200 episodes of Spongebob. <laughs> and uh, I reenacted them to get the character right, because obviously the kids are expecting the actual character, or, or even the adults, because there was lots of um, fan bases, adult fan base live with that show. So I had to do um, lots of in-character in stuff. And this uh, is American, sort of American producers is that right yeah and how was yeah, that how, what was that experience like because i'm sure it's different than working with british yeah producers. it was it was weird the way that we sort of did the show we did originally when we, we did previews we set up the show and i remember that they changed the whole show overnight the, the ones the style changed overnight wow <laughs> uh like basically it's just pointing out the gags a bit more and um Things like that, basically, okay. uh, which was cool. So we just went, that's what we wanted, so we did it. And, yeah, we had a great time on that tour. Then after that, obviously, I did the ship. And then after the ship, I um, I wrote to Master UK to say, oh, I'm available from November. Is there a panto available? And he went, yeah, sure. So he brought me in, and I did uh, Tunbridge Wells that year. And then um, I finished the panto in Tunbridge Wells, and I thought, oh, at that point, I, I got rid of my agent, as in before. I moved from Prince Blasters to a different one, and it was a big mistake. He didn't do any work for me, so I got the cruise ship myself oh, by looking yeah. on things like CastWeb. And so I, I suddenly found myself back in um, London with no agent and no auditions coming in and not knowing what on earth is going to come up next. So do you think, because you've just mentioned about agent, the, you know, you had one that was working great for you and then one that didn't. Do you think it's it, a lot of actors... When they apply for agents or when they're accepted to go with an agency, do you think it's really important to have someone that is working? I know it sounds yeah, quite obvious, but that's, that's interested in you instead of just having an agent. Yeah, obviously, I can't mention his name, but it was he, it's different with different people because of other people who would be fantastic. But for me, he didn't do anything. Mm. I was getting all the dishes myself by searching online, seeing what was happening, looking in those theatre guides that you get. Yeah. That's a really good way of finding out what's, what's going to be casting soon. Uh, so I was doing literally, I was being my own agent anyway. So I thought well, I'd offer two gigs, I think, without him. So I thought, right, you're gone, mate. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, so anyway, I found myself back in London, not knowing what on earth I was going to do next. I didn't have the agents um, there. And then I got a phone call literally one day, and it was like a um, an 0208 number on my phone. I thought, oh, who's this? And I just was really tired and just not in the mood uh, for it. So then I, I, I just thought I'd just let that ring because I wasn't feeling very happy that day. And then I thought I'd just Google the number, see which, see which insurance company's phoning me now. And uh, I typed the number and it popped up as David Greenwood Associates. I was like, oh, my God, what? So I phoned <laughs> back straight away. And I said, oh, hello, yes, we're speaking to Alison Pollard and we'd like to see for the role of Dr. Gangland, Love Never Dies. And I thought, wow. oh, fantastic. So they sent me some sheet music to learn uh, for the following day. And so I came into some sheet music, did a dance call with Bill Dima, got a recall about two weeks later to do uh, another uh, acting audition with the whole creative team there. And then I had another one about a few days later. And then I got the phone call saying that they've offered me the role of Dr. Kangle, and I just couldn't believe it. So um, is this your first West End as a, let's say, adult, adult performer? Yes. Yes. And and does that feel different? Um, it does, because I was... Because obviously there's kids in the show as well, so mm. I was seeing the show from a different angle. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was great to be there. Great experience. I absolutely loved uh, loved that. I loved that role as well. It was fantastic. I uh, really enjoyed doing that. Um, and the show, that ran with me in it for six months because I was in the cast change. So I did that for six months. Um and then what happened after that? I can't remember. Oh yes, I uh, halfway through that, I started 
plugging my stuff out to different agents to, to get the work coming back in, all the auditions to get them coming back up. And I signed with my fabulous agent, who I absolutely love, Robert Kelly Associates. Uh, they, I think I don't know if they call themselves RKA now or just Robert Kelly, I'm not sure. But they um, absolutely love them. I uh, got interest from Kudos after after the Love Never Dies, asking if I wanted to do Ugly Sister for them in in Plymouth, because uh, they saw me in to do Dr. Gangle and they thought that would be, be quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> Very Dane-like then, was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was fantastic and essential, thinking about what's happened now and the yeah. future is essential that I did that kind of role so I could uh, get to... Um, what you're doing now. Yeah, I get what yeah. I'm doing now. So uh, I really wanted to do that gig in Plymouth. So I did that with three months, and I worked with all the Duck and Jude and Clary. It was great fun. Um, <laughs> oh, and Keith Harris, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's the one operating Orville, apparently. Um, so uh, then we did that, and then had a great time in Plymouth, and then I got back to London and worked at a call centre. It was great. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So, great. So you did Panto, and then so you've gone to the the famous call centre that every actor seems to go every to. Every actor goes to at some um, point How, yeah. how, so we're getting closer to up to date now. How long was it before Matilda happened? How long was it before, uh, you know, you were auditioning and, and things? No, your, your you famous expression is, what do I do now? So how long was what do I do now going on for? <laughs> it went on for three months. So oh God, that's so come. long, Charlie. Three months. <laughs> But for when, when I'm around it, feel, for the people around me, it feels much longer. Yes, we know <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it was three months. Um, was I, had, I had a few auditions coming through that were great. Uh, I was getting quite, I was getting uh, far down for them. And then um, Matilda came through. And it was, it was ironic because I literally, um, I was walking past the theatre that day in London and I saw a sign outside the front saying that, uh, Matt Clark would be on as the, playing the Doctor and uh, Matt Clark was a friend of mine because he worked at Love Never Dies and I thought, do you know what, I haven't seen the show yet I'll go and see it, got a ticket walked out of the box office with a ticket in my hand and the phone rings saying you've got an audition for Matilda on Monday, I was like, how insane is this? Well, I've done um, the research before I need to, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly so that was insane, I got literally the last ticket and when I got into the audience I was sat next to Tab, who was the uh, Tamuti, who was the the alternate for Phantom and Love Never Dies, we literally sat next to each other, like, hello, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, so that was funny. Um, so watched the show, absolutely loved it. It was the best thing I've ever seen. I absolutely love it. Um, and then uh, started the auditions. Now, the auditions were, were great because it was pretty immediate. Normally, it goes on for months. But with Matilda, it was like, um, right, you've got a recall. Could you learn this bit of script for tomorrow? Wow. Uh, and then can you learn this bit for tomorrow? And it literally was, um, I feel like I learned the entire show before I even started it. Because mm. uh, I did the uh, acting round first, another singing round first, then um, second, and then uh, a dance round, and then another acting round, and then another acting round with some singing and then some more singing in another round after that and then the final round <laughs> wow final that's round, a lot. They, even when it got to the final round where i had all this material that i would learned to prepare they suddenly turned around and said oh by the way can you just have a look give, go outside the room and have a look at this for 10 minutes <laughs> wow okay Fine. so uh, um i did that uh went back in and then the following day in the call center everyone knew i was waiting for the phone call um i got the job i got the phone call saying i've been offered the job and it was it was like winning the X Factor. Everyone turned all the phones off and they were jumping up and down. It was like literally the X Factor. 
Oh, this would have been the shot where you went back to your call centre job before you won the X Factor, yes? And they yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. Uh, this I, is Charlie's normal life. My normal life. Mm. Yeah, I went back to the course. And then, um, and then I had about a month to wait before I started rehearsals, so I just thought, what, should I, what do I do now? I just, I just stayed at the call centre for a bit. <laughs> um, so I stayed there for a bit because I literally got, I got on with so many people there. It was great fun. It was really funny working there. It should be some sort of comedy TV series. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? The different types. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, so what were you in, in Matilda? What was the job for? What was what was your role in Matilda? It was I was the cover Trunchbull, um, and I played Sergei and the children's entertainer, which was cool. Uh, rehearsals went on for two months. And you rehearsed in, we rehearsed in the uh, Joward space upstairs where they had the entire studio. They rebuilt the set, oh, the, place, like the floor and things like that. Yeah. So they had the gates there as well. So, uh, we, so we could get used to the rake because the, the rake in London is, is quite uh, dramatic. Um, we've got a rake here in New York as well, but it's not as bad. And so was it a, a, a breeze of a rehearsal period or was it intense? Oh, it was intense, uh, particularly the style. The choreographic style is, is genius. Uh, uh, Peter Darling and Ellen, who uh, Ellen here was here this week, which is great. She's his assistant. It's it's it, working with him is, is phenomenal because Peter comes up with the images and the thoughts of what he wants, and Ellen puts it into the movement. Oh wow! But then it's it's completely different, and it's also lots of props are involved with the movement. Um, lots. It's really hard to explain, but you when you're like the ribbon dance that Trunchbull does, as even though from out front it's like, oh, he's, he might be spinning a ribbon, but every single beat has a different intention or thought or image behind it. Mm. Um, like you're throwing the hammer and then it's gliding and then you're enjoying the, the flow of it and then you're, how you are in China, you're like copying like a, like a Chinese uh, gymnastic routine and that, then it goes to uh, Wembley Arena where, you're, where the, the audience space gets bigger and the bigger and then you do, do uh, medals across the chest. I'm just talking the intentions here. Yeah. <laughs> no, medals just... across the chest. And then, and then uh, um, what you do, then you'll find the ballet line, you're, you're drawing a circle, and you're drawing a line on the floor as if you were doing a chalk mark on the floor, and then you tow it, and then always keep your feet. And then the commands, keep and feet are the commands with the ribbon as if, as if you're, like, with a whip. And then the throw is demonstrating the, the big finale in, in the gymnastic routine. And then it's like you stop and, you, and the, now get out as if it's a different song, bipolar. So it's, so, so it's so, quite interesting that it's not just dance, just oh dance no, steps. But, it's all it's, through it's the story. Incredible. It's all thought out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's acting all the way. The... Um, the, the 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 main bit is the the opening number. There's so much information in there that the audience just sit there and go, whoa, because <laughs> it's just there's so much information you're putting out in the movement that you have to do. Um, and at the, if you don't have the intentions there, it just looks like movement, um, just just moving for the sake of it. So it's got to be it's got to be on the ball, and it's quite an intense show to do. It's really hard. It's like super sharp. <laughs> it's uh it's quite hard and it's gonna fight lots of you feel like you're fighting things a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you're fighting the set, you then you're gonna throw a kid around, you're gonna flip over a vault. There's lots of like fighting involved. <laughs> so it's quite a dramatic show to get through. So slightly intense rehearsals then. <laughs> yeah, definitely and what I loved is we have lots of voice training with the um because yeah. all the kids get it as well. Um 
uh, we get vocal coaching from the RSC. The guys come in the voice team run by Charlie, and they are phenomenal. There was one time when I was I was uh, at all the Trunchbull covers, and the Trunchbull was ill, and of course I was ill as well. Um, but it was tonsillitis. I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't even breathe or speak in normal normal thing. But they worked with me for half an hour before each show that I was really ill. Doing the breathing work and supporting work and centering and stuff like that, mm. and then I and I, I got through it. I nearly said that I absolutely nailed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, that's what's so good about sort of I, I've known from sort of RSC shows is that they you they you are doing continuous sort of class. It's like doing ballet class every day, and like do yeah, you have that, that day, like continue court, training? Um, say it's a seven thirty show. You're in at five fifteen, and you do a, a quarter an hour uh, voice breathing speech work as a warm-up, and then you do a physical warm-up, and then you do uh, a speech vo- vocal warm-up again uh, on group um, group work there. And then after that, you do your singing warm-up. And then after that, you do... Um, they run the acrobatic section in phys ed, just to make sure the kids are in the right frame of mind mm. and focused. And also the swings. We run the swings a few times, and then Amanda th- the Amanda Thrip throw, you, you run that as well. And that's before the show's even started, and that, that wow. takes all up to the half. So it's like a... Like a cool. <laughs> so it's a show before the show, really? Yeah, like... you, do the, you do the entire show before you've even got anyone in the audience yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you do that every time before the show, every day? Yeah, every day. They do the same over here. It's, it's kind of um, the safety requirements, in a way, because there's just so much that you have to do, yeah. So yeah. you were in Matilda for... How long was how long were you in Matilda for, then? Um, 14 months, effectively. 14 the months. Was, uh, 12 months. And then I left on the 1st of September... And I was supposed to get on a plane on the 2nd of September to join New York. It was ridiculous. How did that all happen? How did that come about? Well, I got the final week of performances. I got a phone call on the Wednesday, and it was uh, really early in the morning. And again, typical typical thing, it was just after we'd been sort of rehearsing a lot on the Tuesday and the final week to the show, and I was about to get up to go in for the matinee. And my phone was ringing, and I thought, oh, do you know what, I'm going to go in the shower because I, I need a shower. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get that later. And I went in the shower, got back, and it was a phone call from my agent. And it was kind of, Charles, can you phone me back immediately now? Um, and I thought, oh, no, what have I done? What have I put on Twitter that I'm not allowed to? Uh, I don't know. Have I, have I, did I get really drunk or something? I don't know. What's ha- I felt like I was in trouble. And I go, I phoned her back. Hi, Rob. Hi, Charles. I'm speaking, speaking to the producer, Matilda. I thought, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, we've, um, uh, what, they'd like to fly you out to... Um, join the New York and as soon as I said New York I can't remember the rest of the conversation <laughs> I just sat down and <laughs> oh my god he, he, I'm sure he talked for another five minutes but I I, I can't remember a single word <laughs> I can actually visit, visit you with your phone slightly away from your face with your mouth wide open with shock it, it was yeah. literally that. yeah I can just <laughs> see it literally, yeah. literally that and then obviously it's uh, with every offer you get, it's top. You don't talk about it. It's top seat. You can't. So I went into work, and everyone was saying, "Oh, it's so sad. It's the final time we're doing this." And I'm thinking, <laughs> "Not for me." Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to Broadway. Oh, Bye. It's so yeah. sad. It's so sad. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that must be amazing. But then it was it was still drama then because it all depended on the visa being accepted, and it was accepted. Uh, but it uh, because of the. Um, 
uh, legal requirements, it took a bit longer uh, for it to be processed. Uh, so I missed out on the first two weeks here, which is a bit of a shame because I could have really got to you know mingle with people a lot more. So yeah, I've been over here now uh, for a week, a week and a half, a week and a half, something like that. And uh, we've got what's quite exciting in about uh, about fifty minutes. We've got the this thing that you know. Oh, we I did Broadway bowling the other day. <laughs> we normally do West End bowling, which is like a, a annual event type thing where you just compete against the other shows. And I was here for the Broadway ones. That was quite fun. Oh my god! And then also it's this all for the Broadway Cares um, raising okay. money for Broadway Cares, uh, uh, which is the equivalent of West End Cares, in fact. Um, That's the, is that the is that the HIV, HIV charity? Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's yeah. it. Um, we've got uh, that. Like, we don't do this one in London. It's like a like a brick and brick and brack. Is that the right word? I hate that word. Brick, brick and brack. Brick and brack. Oh, I hate it. Uh, sale of like props and things from shows oh, yeah. are all on sale today from like ten on uh, ten thirty onwards today in New York, and so I'm going over to like help out with that, which would be quite quite good fun. What? And it's basically lots of props and things. So the kids be making um, picture frames from little uh, letters and things like that, and stamps and stuff um, from bits of um, costume that they're not going to use anymore, um, so, which will be on sale. So uh, that's all exciting. So what was it like stepping out? Like you obviously got to got to New York and you knew where you were staying and everything. And well, it started off with I um, walking onto the stage and being completely in shock with how it's. It's bizarre. It's like it's exactly the same, but something a certain something is a different colour. Like a different brick's a different colour, or it's got a different letter on it, or the balloons are a different colour. Or but it's exact. The, the rake isn't so sharp, which is lovely. And uh, uh, the you know the the flip that you do over the vaults. Um, yes. In London, there's not much room in the wings, so I literally have my back against the wall and then I run to flip. While here, you can fit. You could park about ten buses. Really. So I get used to having that extra space behind me. And also, the thing that really freaked me out was uh, the crash mat. It's, it's, a, it's a different crash mat from what we have in London, and it really freaked me out. <laughs> uh, it's just a material. It feels a material. Oh, right. in, in London, it's a sponge material. Um, here, it's like a, it's like paper bags, lot, no, lots of like plastic bags. Oh, wow. So it's just getting used to something, something different that you've been used to for so long. It's like Yeah, just, exactly. Um, yeah. But everything is exactly... That is exactly the same. Also, the only thing that's different is the aisle here. In, in London, it's they've got a centre aisle uh, and that goes away from the back to the front. Uh, well, in New York, we've got like a little U U bend thing at the at the top yes, bit. Yes, because you make um, an exit, don't you? Yeah, the historian, lots yeah. of interest exits go through the aisles, um, and so that's in a slight different change, uh, just the blocking there. But it's essentially the same show, which is lovely because it's wonderful and it works so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 What theatre are you are you at in on Broadway? It's the, it's the Schubert Theatre on Broadway here. Unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I've got to go back to London next week now for this workshop I'm doing of a new show uh, called A Street Less Travelled. And this um, is is this a play or a musical? This is a play. Okay. Uh, and it's happening at Rada, and I don't know if I can say much about it. It's a new thing. I don't know if I can say anything about it. Okay. I'm afraid. Okay. I don't know. So how long but, uh, are you? I'm doing that. How sorry, I was going to say how long are you? What's what's the plan then? What's what's coming up? How long are you going to be in New York? Are you travelling well, back? New York, I'm flying back uh, on Tuesday um, next week, and then they, if they need me again, they can fly me back out because wow. they can cost wigs here. But so I've got to go because it was a pre-contract thing, this thing in London. So I've got to go and go back to do that for a bit. Um, 
Uh, also with New York, it's so sad because originally it was for three weeks, but I missed out on the first two because the visa took so long to be processed in a way mm. that I had to hang around with my suitcase for two weeks while I waited to get out of here. And eventually, it, it all came through, thank goodness. So it's a fantastic <laughs> experience. It's a great experience. And, uh, and, oh, yeah, and I'm sure they all love, I'm sure they all love you there because I've seen you in the show and you're yeah. very good yeah. in it. Oh, so, thank you very much. So the, that's good. Uh, the here is so lovely as well. They are um, absolutely adorable. They're just, it's like, well, London, the London ones are great as well. I think it's because it's such a, a close-knit show. Everyone covers everyone or plays everything, and it's and you rehearse as like a, like a, as a group piece, effectively. So uh, as an outsider coming in, they're all so welcoming and lovely. Um, also, because uh, interesting, because obviously you're doing a show with lots of children in, lots of kids, yes, uh, and that's yeah. how you started being in, in shows yeah. with kids. And you were saying earlier um, that oh, you... Yeah, I, in Times Square, literally two days ago, I was walking through Times Square, and I bumped into Sylvia Young. <laughs> yeah, so where you your agent from when you first started? Oh my god! On the corner on uh, Times Square and Forty Fifth, uh, well, it's actually um, Broadway and Forty Fifth, which is what well, the hotel they put me in, which is fantastic. This hotel I'm in yeah. is lovely. Um, I get macaroons <laughs> in your room. Um, they, uh, uh, so that must have been strange to bump into her. her. Say that again. That, that must have been strange to bump into her. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can go because that's Sylvia. Um, and then it's because her daughter Frances is doing a, a cabaret show over oh, right, here at yeah. the moment. Uh, and so she was over here just to come and see that and see a few shows and stuff. Because also she's got another ex-student in Pippin at the moment. Oh my God, I saw Pippin the other day. It was, it's fantastic. Yeah. And um, Andrea Mark, it's a final week in the show over here. And she was phenomenal. She's about 110, isn't she? Right, and yeah. she gets up, she gets, on a trapeze, you know, like a flying trapeze swimming, and does a f- and singing "If We All Could" for a little sunshine. That song, doing this phenomenal circus act, like dangle by one foot. Wow! Oh my it's god! She, she and she is it is it stopped the show. She's belting a full belt out, and again, you can see in every movement she did the intention and the thought behind everything she did was phenomenal. It was oh my god! And so when she came down. It stopped the show. It, literally, it was it was it was a full on showstopper. It was phenomenal. The wow. actual show people is brilliant over here. I love. Really recommend it for anyone coming over to visit. And Matilda, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> for the next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, what else is happening? So yes, that's that. Um, I am also. I've been offered Panto in Bromley this year in London, so I'll be doing that. Uh, Dandini, so that's quite fun. that's good fun. I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm cool. working with a guy who's never done Panda before, which would be good fun to work with him. <laughs> uh, no, it'd be, it'd be really great. Um, yeah, but they keep the, the, this thing, it keeps open over here for me now. Now that the visa's sorted and the costume and wig are here, and I've sort of learned the show over here, I got rehearsed in at the studio, the rehearsal studio, uh, some Greer Studios or something like that around the corner. And um, that was fine because it's literally exactly the same, just a few little minor changes, like, oh, you sit on the floor box on the word dwarf uh something like that um um or you walk around the mat instead of walk across it um little, tiny little things like that but it's, yeah. all, it's all in place now so that's good <laughs> awesome awesome okay well let's leave it there thanks so much because oh. that's 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 been awesome there's so much there that i think people will find fascinating and interesting i yeah. found it really I interesting <laughs> no no it's really interesting because you've always been involved with it and you've always you've grew up with it and you've had so many so much experience um it's it's really good to to talk to someone that has literally been there and done it all you know like from a oh, young cool. age Thanks. yeah 
So it's it's really good. Yeah. So for listeners out there, because um, you're on, you've mentioned Twitter. If people want to follow you on Twitter and follow what you're up to, what's your Twitter okay. username? It's at Charles Brunton. At the Charles B-R-U-N-T-O-N. Brunton. T O N. T for T. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Charlie, for for talking to us today and coming on the show. <laughs> and when you're it's back you. yes and you when you're back in london it would be great to have you on maybe on the show again like when you're when you're doing maybe this play or some something else we'll get you we'll oh, actually yeah, we'll come back and we'll do a proper mic'd up session oh fantastic absolutely absolutely cool I hope it sounded all right over there all over the, from the other side of the pond from here <laughs> yes i think it did it sounded good to it sounded good to me yeah. so i think i think it's come out okay Fantastic. fantastic. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I'm Steve Bradley. I'm Jason B. Moore. Oh, and I'm Charles Brunson. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be so dramatic.